So this sermon series, we're just talking about the idea of being welcomed because we all know how important it is to be welcomed and we all know how meaningful it is to be welcomed somewhere, right? Hopefully tonight, even as you walked in the doors, as somebody in a blue shirt was standing there, hopefully you felt welcomed and encouraged and hopefully you felt like there was a moment where you were standing there just saying, wow, man, God wants to do something in my life because I feel like these people care. I feel like they're noticing me. Maybe hopefully it helped you to say, I feel like God notices me and I feel like God sees where I'm at. That is something that is profound, right? It's something that's important to each and every one of our lives. We know what it's like to be welcomed and we know what it's like to not be welcomed, right? We do everything we can to welcome people and encourage people. My sister's here tonight and uh, she's here from Indiana. Um, She came with her three kids. Her husband's a loser and made her drive all the way here by herself. And... uh, just because he's got to preach tomorrow or something like that. But anyway, so no, John's coming in tomorrow as well, so we get to hang out with them for the whole week. But even as she was coming in, we were trying to do everything we can in her house because we wanted to be welcoming, right? She's my sister. If anybody knows the truth of who I am, there's nobody that I can fool, right? By just masking things, it's my sister. Rebecca knows the good, the bad, the ugly, and she can tell you stories that I've long forgotten because... I just don't want to admit them, right? And so like, but you know, we came in and it's just like, we want to do everything we can. So we're lighting candles and we're cleaning and we're dusting things that we haven't dusted months, you know, because who likes dusting? And so, you know, we're doing all this different stuff just because we want Rebecca to come in. We want her family to come in and be like, whoa, I'm welcomed. I'm loved, you know, like, wow. I'm, I, man, I feel at home here. I feel cared for here, Right? Like we have the towel setting out, the beds made, you know, we got our kids to make their own beds. That's a story in itself, right? But so, because we want them to feel welcomed, right? In Matthew chapter 10, which is where we are, Jesus is getting ready to send his disciples out on their first missions, on their first ministry trip. And so he's talking to them and he's gathered these 12 disciples together and he's sending them out. And as you end the chapter 10, he's sitting there and he's speaking to the disciples and he says the word welcomed over six times in two verses. It's the idea, the the word there is to be welcomed, it's to be received, to be accepted. He says it six times. And he, I think he says it six times because he understands, because he made us. He created us and he wired us to be this way. That we have this desire to be welcomed into a space that's bigger than ourselves. He created us to be that way. He wants us to have the sense of wanting to be a part of something that's bigger than our own world and our own stuff. There's this something, I just want to be a part of something. I want, I want to be encouraged by something. And that's the way that he made us, right? And so people know that and they can get a sense of that, right? That's why you walk into a store and it's really good at welcoming people. You're like, I'm sold. I love this store. I don't care how much they charge me for their products. They love me, right? Like it's this idea like of being welcomed. It's important and God understands how important it is. And I feel like he was talking to his disciples in this moment and he's just telling them, I want you to know you're getting ready to go out into the world. You're doing, you're getting ready to do what I've called you to do. And you don't even understand. You have no comprehension of how big it is, right? You have no clue what you're getting ready to get into. But I'm just telling you, you're getting ready to go out into the world. You're getting ready to do what I've called you to. You're getting ready to step into the destiny that I've created you for. And I want you to know that you are accepted, that you are loved, that you are received, that I've welcomed you into my home, I've welcomed you into my kingdom, I've welcomed you as a brother, I've welcomed you as a friend. You are welcomed, you are loved, you are accepted. 
don't forget it. Peter, don't forget it. John, don't forget that I love you. And he's telling them you were accepted and you have a place in my kingdom. And it's important for us because if we can understand and see that we are accepted and that we have a place in God's kingdom, it gives us a sense of confidence. It gives us a sense of awareness. It gives us a sense of purpose to step out and say, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know where I'm supposed to go. I know how I'm supposed to act. I know the life that I'm supposed to live because I've been accepted. I've been welcomed, right? When you're welcomed to somebody's home and you start becoming a part of their family, you know the rules of their house, right? So maybe you go into your house and you're wearing your shoes and you're just clopping around, throwing things around. But when you go into somebody else's house and you've been welcomed there, you've been accepted there, you've been received there, you accept their rules as your own, right? You walk in, you take your shoes off, and you kind of do whatever it is they want to, right? It's a sense when you're welcomed and you're accepted and you know that you have a place. It gives you a sense of purpose. It gives you a sense of confidence. It gives you the sense of, I know what I'm supposed to do. And it helps you step into the destiny that God has for you. Right? So I'm just every week, I just want to encourage you because I'm just telling you, the church is God's plan for eternity. The church is what God is using to declare the glory of Jesus Christ to the world, that he's our hope and our future. And so many times we don't step out and do the things that we should and could do because we don't feel that sense of confidence. We're wandering around like we're kind of deserters, just kind of looking for a place. You have a place. You've been accepted. You've been welcomed into the kingdom of God. You're a child of God. Stand up. Be bold. Be strong. And do the things that he's called you to do. I just almost broke out into a 90s worship song right there. What was that? Be strong. Be bold. For the Lord thy God. Oh, right? Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, right? So, like, right? You're welcomed. You're accepted. You're loved. Cam's shaking his head like, don't ever do that again. (laughs) Right? You're loved. You're accepted. Right? Last week we went through and we looked at the verses where Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's like, hey, listen, you're getting ready to go out. And before you go out, listen, I don't want you to take anything that you're going to need to take care of yourself. And I want you to go to a bunch of strangers' homes, right? And, and when you walk into their home, I want you to have the confidence to say, all right, you a friend or not, right? And if they're a friend, you stay. And if they're not a friend, then you go, right? And then he just goes on and he starts saying crazy stuff like you're going to be beat. You're going to be in prison. You're going to have all this stuff taken away from you. And guess what? I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And because of what you're saying, moms are going to fight moms and brothers are going to fight fathers and everything's going to go into chaos. That's what you're going to do. And they're just like, huh? What? Right? But in our world, right? That's the life that we live as well. Jesus came to give me peace. Jesus came to make everything right. Jesus came so that I can walk through fields of flowers and everything can be all right. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to remember that you have a place, that you were called, that you have a purpose, that you have a destiny. Because there's going to be moments and there's going to be times that God's going to call you to be in a place that you don't want to be. He's going to call you to go and do something that you don't want to do. He's going to call you into a place of absolute desperation, pain, and heartache. Not to punish you, but so that his glory can be put on display. He's going to put you in a place where nothing is going right and everything seems to be going wrong because there's something in you that he wants to chisel away so that you can be more like Jesus. Don't push away from it. Don't let your circumstances be the thing that dictates God's character. 
Don't let them be the things that shows you or confirms to you or makes you deny who God really is. Look at the circumstances for what they are. We're in a broken world. We make dumb choices. Other people make dumb choices. And sometimes God allows things to happen just so that his goodness could be seen. Right? So be strong. I'm not going to sing it again, but be strong. Be bold, right? Step into it and just look, man, you've been accepted and you have a place because he wants you and he's invited you and he's welcomed you into a life of significance. So tonight I want to talk to you about how your life of significance really is a life of dependence. Your life of significance is really a life of dependence. See, our world, it avidly promotes independence, Our world avidly says that independence is one of the greatest things that we should possess, one of the greatest things that we should seek, one of the greatest things that we should hope for, right, is to be an independent person, right? We we grow up all through our teenage years just looking for the day that we turn 18 when we could just move out of the house so that we can be independent and realize that all we can do is make ramen noodles and really bad mac and cheese and want our mommies again, right? But we go through and we want independence and we want, we want the sense and, and we, we're in our marriages and things get difficult and we want independence. We think that's the answer. We're in our jobs and we don't like our bosses and like, if I just get away from this boss, if I can have my independence and do my own thing, right? So independence is something that's promoted. But when you go through and you look at scripture, God is very clear and scripture is very, very clear and points out that our life in Christ is about submission and dependence upon God and dependence Upon others. When Jesus is asked, what are the greatest commandments? What are the greatest rules? He says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And to love others as I have loved them. It's a sense, right, of that we are to be dependent upon God. And we are to be involved and dependent upon others. We are not to do life in isolation. We are not to do life on our own. And so as we look here tonight in this scripture again in Matthew chapter 10. I haven't forgotten you, Mom. I know what's going on, all right? Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. Jesus sent the following 12 disciples with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, no silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag of change or a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. In this passage I love and I see these things that he's speaking to his disciples and he's just telling them. He's saying, listen. I want you to be aware. I'm getting ready to send you out. I'm getting ready to go, right? But I don't want you to take anything with you. I don't want you to take any gold. I don't want you to take any silver. I don't want you to take anything with you, right? Like, I mean, he's just, I don't even want you to take a penny with you, right? Like, for us, we're just like a penny would do nothing for me. We throw pennies away. Our server comes back and your change is like, you know, one cent. You're like, you can keep that, right? I don't even want that, you know? But he's like, don't even take that. Don't don't even take a walking stick. Like, I don't want you to take anything. Why? Because he wants them to be in a place where they're completely submitted to him and dependent upon them. 
He wants them to be in this place where they're just saying, it wasn't me, it was all God. Why? Because he wants them to remember something absolutely profound. Just a few chapters earlier, as if Jesus spoke in chapters, but in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God, right? Seek first the kingdom of God. And he's telling these disciples, listen, don't let anything get in your way of doing what I've called you to do. Don't let anything keep you back from the life that I've called you to. Don't let anything hold you back from the promises that I've made to you. Don't let anything serve as a distraction. Don't let anything make your eyes look anywhere else. Stay focused on me. Look at me. I want you to be in this place where you don't know where you're going, which you don't know what you're going to have. Why? Because I want you to be dependent upon me. I want you to understand and I want you to get that I'm going to care for you, that I'm going to love you, I'm going to provide for you, that I'm going to encourage you, that there's going to be moments where you're just saying, I have no clue what's going on. I have no clue where my food's coming from. I have no clue what this is. And all at the same time, you're sitting there saying, I've never gone hungry. I've never gone without clothes. I've never gone with an empty bank account. I've never. And you can go through and you begin to see victory upon victory upon victory upon victory. And in those moments, you can look and you say, God is faithful. God is good. Right? I've kind of blown through my whole introduction and all that stuff because worship, wasn't worship awesome tonight? It was just so good. And we're getting ready to step into another moment here in a minute that I feel like God's just wanting to do. And, but in Matthew, yeah, that's right. You can give my dad a hand clap, right? He's, he's engaged, man. All the rest of you, you got glazed icing going over your eyes. I look around the room, sometimes there's like drool coming down a little bit, and dad's like, that's good. I don't even know if he knows what I said sometimes, but he's just there, right? It's awesome. But I want to ask you this question. Wherever you are, in whatever situation you're in, whatever season of life that you are facing, what are the things that hinder you what are the things that keep you back? What are the things, even if they're good things? Money's not a bad thing, right? Having money to buy food when you're getting ready to go on this trip, right? That God is sending you on to start the church, to start the gospel proclamation to the world. Like, it's a good thing to be able to have at least enough money to buy peanut butter and jelly, right? That's not a bad thing, right? Like, don't have anything to hold you back. What are the things that are in your life that are hindering you from experiencing the fullness of joy that can be found in Christ? What are the things that are holding you back from living the life of purpose that he's called you to? What are the things that cause you to not look at him, but cause you to look at yourself and your own stuff? What are the things that cause you to not see his strength and glory in his strength, but to look at your own strength and question his ability? What are the things that hinder you? Put those things away. It says cast them away. Like throw them away, right? Like don't even concern yourself with those things. I love how he goes on in Matthew chapter 10. He's talking to his disciples, right? And he's just saying, listen, I'm going to take care of you, right? Don't worry about anybody coming to hurt you because even if they physically harm you, even if they take your life, they can't hurt your soul, right? And then he goes on and he starts talking about birds and how the birds are provided for and he's going to provide for them even better. 
just to trust him, just to go. And I'm just wanting to encourage you. You've been welcomed into a life of significance. And oftentimes we wonder where the significance is. We feel like it's just mundane and we feel like Monday's here, Monday's gone, and oh my goodness, there's another Monday. And that's just our life. I'm just telling you, that's not the life that God wants you to live. He wants you to live a life that is full of joy and full of wonder and full of awe. He wants you to live a life that is full of power. He wants you to live a life that is declaring and screaming his glory to the world. He wants you to live a life full of purpose. He wants you to know life abundantly. And that doesn't always mean a full bank account and a perfect house and a head full of hair, right? That's not what it means. It means sometimes your bank account's empty and you feel like everybody's abandoning you and you feel like you're in this world all alone and you feel like you're just consumed with more pain than you are joy, but in that midst you know and you can speak to that pain and say, you are not what defines me, he is. And you can look at your sickness and you can say, you can take my life, but you know what? You can't take my eternity. You can look at people that are trying to rob you of your destiny. And you can say, try your best, but he's the one that's called me and chosen me. And what he's called me to do, he's going to finish in me, right? That you can walk in victory. That's the life that he wants you to know. That's the abundance that is found in Christ. What's holding you back from that? What's keeping you? It might be something super small. And I feel like even right now, the Holy Spirit's dropping those words in your heart right now. Security, job, identity, future spouse, entertainment, your private life. What are the things that are hindering you? Don't hold on to those things. He is far greater, and the life and the hope that is found in him is far greater. And the stories that he will write with your life when you go out with nothing but what he's given you are far greater than the stories you could ever create for yourself. Man, you want to live a life that just makes people just in awe? You want to live a life that says, wow, look what they've done. Wow, look at what God is doing in their life. Throw it all away. All the things that could hinder you, all the things that could keep you, all the things that could distract you. Just say, it's, it's gone. I'm done with it. I'm going to let it go. I don't want to be held back any longer. Before I move into this next moment, this is the second thing I just wanted to say to you. Is the seasons in your life that look the most unpromising are fuel for the seasons of potential. When you're in these moments and you feel like, I don't have what I need. I don't have what it takes. How in the heck am I going to make it through this? I mean, this is overwhelming. This is crushing. I mean, it, it takes every bit of energy I have just to take a breath. And you're in that moment. And you're like, I don't know what tomorrow looks like. And I don't know. But you stand there and you say, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Because I know that today is good. And I know that he's good. And when you stand there in that type of confidence. Knowing that you've been welcomed into God's eternal plans and purposes. That you've been accepted as his child. That you've been received as his loved and cherished ones. That he's chosen you in those moments when you say, I know that this is difficult. But I'm not going to let this situation derive what I do and what I believe. I'm going to hope for the best. You are going to arrive on the other side 
with some kind of victory that is going to be fuel for the moments that you have everything that you need. Luke chapter 22, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, hey, do you remember that time I sent you out with absolutely nothing? That was so awesome. Do you remember that time, right? You're like, oh, we're going to, yeah, don't take anything. Not even a stick, right? Do you remember that? And they're like, yeah, we remember that. That was awesome. And he's like, was there ever a moment where you in need? And they were like, no. No. We had everything that we needed. And then he goes on and he speaks to him and he says, listen, basically, in essence, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the verse. But he's going, he's just like, hold on to that. Remember that. Be encouraged by that. There are seasons right now, some of you, you're going through a situation, you're just like, I don't know why I'm here. Just because you're there doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Just because you're walking through that valley doesn't mean that God isn't powerful enough. Just because you're in that situation doesn't mean that you can't have hope in God. All of those places are the places that God wants to do the most significant work in you. It might be the most painful season that you've ever been in, but it might become the most fruitful season that you ever experience in your life. Don't let anything hinder you. Don't let anything hold you back. Chase after him. Believe in him. Trust in him. In Psalms chapter 62, if I can get there. Psalm 62. At least it's an easy book to find. Somewhat. Some turning pages. I turned to it three times here in worship with no problem. 62 verse 1. I wait quietly before God. For my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. Verse 5, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, will I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. He is your refuge. He is your victory. If the worship team can come up, I want you to know this, and I want you to hear this tonight. Miracles happen. I preached in less than 25 minutes. (laughs) I I receive that as love. I receive that as love. <laughs> it's not affirmation for what you are looking for or anything like that. It's just, yeah. I'm just kidding. But I want to encourage you in this tonight. You've been welcomed into a life of significance because Jesus gave us everything for you. You've been welcomed into an eternal life of purpose because Jesus is the source of every single thing. Colossians says that Jesus is the thing that holds all things together. He's the one that holds it all, that it's all for him, it was all done through him, and it's all for his glory. It's all about Jesus. And because Jesus came and he gave us all, he did it for you. And in doing so, he welcomed you 
into God's kingdom. Not just somebody that's off in the distance, not just somebody who can barely makes it through, not somebody who's just like, hey, here's a ticket to the nosebleed section. You know, you're in, but eh, you know, whatever else. No, he invited you in as his son, as his daughter. And he said everything that Jesus has received and all of his glory and all that was promised to him and all that was promised through him, it's yours. You've been welcomed, and because you've been welcomed, you have a place. And because you have a place, you have a purpose. And because you have a purpose, you can make it through whatever's going on in this world. Don't let it defeat you. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it disappoint you. Don't let it break you. If you are a follower of Christ, then you are a child in his kingdom. You are royalty. You are his chosen. You are his loved. You can make it. You can survive. And not only can you just survive, but you can thrive. You can live. You can overcome. You can win. You are a victor. Why? Because he is our victory and he's already claimed all victory. So tonight, there's three people. You need the strength to put down the things that hinder you. And as we sing the song, I want you to pray and ask for that specifically. There's some of you in here tonight, you need to be encouraged in the storm you were in. I want you to be reminded and I want you to hear that God is with you. And some of you here tonight, and you're saying, Pastor Jamie, I know the moments you're talking about. I've been in those painful moments and I've been in those victorious moments and I've squandered them way too many times. I know I'm chosen, I know I'm called, and I've been in those moments of pain, and I've come through those, and I've been in God's presence, and I've known it, and I turned my life back into my own focus. And I've messed up. Luke chapter 22. Jesus says, remember when you went out, and I told you not to have anything? Did you ever have any worry? Did you ever have any want? They're like, no. He's like, cool, let's go pray. Pray with fervency. Come on, let's pray. Don't be tempted. The jokers fall asleep. By the end of the night, the guy they're following, the guy they're committed to, is being arrested. And they're just making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, and they've just walked away feeling like nothing's ever going to go right. You can't go too far. You can't run too far. His grace is there, and you are welcomed, not because of who you are, not because of what you've done, or not because of what you can do. You are welcomed because he loves you. So if you find yourself in any three of those places, I want you tonight, as we get started to sing the song, I want you to worship. And I want you to experience and to know the freedom of who God is. Your life has meaning and significance because Jesus is the meaning of everything.